Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for... Kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. All right, welcome in. It is week. I don't know what to call it because we have this two-week gap for the Super Bowl. Is it Pro Bowl week? Who knows? Boomer, welcome. What's going on? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, Mike. And I uh, got my picks right last week, so I'm very, very happy. And uh, those games were, were uh, I would say, crazy for a lot of different reasons. We were in Baltimore. It was misting. It was cold. And so many crazy plays that could have flipped the game one way or the other, uh, ultimately flipped it to Kansas City. And I know you being a Detroit guy and having to live through everything that went on between the Lions and the 49ers. It had to be a pretty, uh, I I would think it's probably a pretty uh, volatile week out there in Detroit. Yeah, it it has. And I mean, okay, look, let's start with Detroit and the Niners and we'll get to the Ravens thing second. We'll go reverse order because the Ravens thing also features you fighting crime, which I I still need to understand (laughs) what happened here. So let's, let's just get into it. So it's a tale of two halves. I mean, the Lions came out in the first half. They looked like the best team in football. They absolutely bodied the Niners. And, I mean, it was not close. When you see a game flip the way it flipped, what was your perspective on, okay, Lions just walked into San Francisco. They are destroying this team to now wait. This game's tied. Like, in your mind as a former player, I mean, what the hell happened at halftime? And then where do you think it flipped? All right, so it's not so much what happens at halftime. It's what happens in the body of the game when the game flips and the momentum flips. I've been a part of some – Good comebacks and some really bad comebacks being on the other end of it, being the spike game when I was with the Jets and it was Dan Marino faking a spike and he came all the way back, I think, from 17 or 20 points down to come back and beat us in a regular season game. So you actually feel it as a player. You feel it as a coach on the sideline about how the momentum is going to shift in the game. Now, for me, it's pretty easy to say after the fact, I knew at at the moment that he went for it on fourth and two, after the 49ers came out and kicked the field goal to start the second half, as opposed to attempting the field goal there and then having the ball or the pass dropped or maybe a poor throw from Jared Goff, I felt like that was the moment in the second half where the game flipped because right after that, San Francisco went down and scored. And you could feel it coming and it building and momentum shifting. And all of a sudden, the San Francisco defense started to play better. And then there was turnovers. And then there was the Brandon IU catch. There's a lot of crazy things that were happening in this game where all of a sudden, the momentum shifted. And I think yeah. Dan Campbell pressed the gas pedal to help that shift, you know, kind of get moving. And here, okay, so here's, that's been, look, I know nationally, the easy narrative is you just power bomb the coach. 
the problem is for people, not you, Boomer, but for people that are not familiar with the Detroit Lions or if that was their first real exposure to them, that's Dan Campbell. That's how they got here. I mean, wild card round, Rams, he didn't take field goal. Fourth down, you know, I think it was at the six-yard line. They went for it, threw a touchdown to Sam Laporta. It won them the game. Did the same thing against Tampa. This is what they've done all year. You know the Lions, Boomer, this was the fascinating part. Now, I, I, I was on record with my listeners in Detroit, and you know me. You know me well enough. When the Niners open a half kicking, taking the three and cut it to 14, I'm going to answer with the three, and I'm going to go back up 17 and go, congratulations, we've wasted now eight minutes of the third quarter and you've gained no ground on me. That's me. But Dan Campbell, the Lions in the year led the league going for it. So in fourth and three or shorter, plus territory, the Lions went for it 21 times. Do you know how many times they got it? 17. They were elite at it. So it wasn't surprising that he did it. And here's the thing. While it wasn't the best throw, that's a ball That's a ball. Josh Reynolds will catch a million times out of a million. He didn't catch it. So then, then you go later in the game. Now this is the one that I think you can really criticize, and I want your perspective on this. You're down three in the NFC title game. Seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Everything, Boomer, you just talked about had transpired. Now you're down three. All the good vibes are gone. The Lions are sitting there at the 30-yard line. Now, I, I, I will never call a pressure kick like that a chip shot, but it's not a 55-yarder either. Boomer, when they went for it there, that's where I go, oh, boy, what, what are we doing here? Now, what was your view on that one? Which, by the way, from the math, is a coin flip. It was about a 0.2% advantage going versus not. That's negligible to me. Let's live in the real world, not a calculator. I'm kicking the field goal to try to tie it. You? Yes, 100%. I'm, I'm kicking a field goal there, too. And, and again, you know, Dan and the guys are standing on the sideline, and they can feel the shift of momentum. Believe me, it's real. And you feel it. You know it. You can sense it. The question that I would have, and maybe you would know this better than me, does yeah. he trust his kicker? Now, we're all assuming sure. that the kicker is going to come out and kick and make the field goal. So yeah. I, I think the, the one on the 46-yard uh, one earlier for the 46-yard field goal earlier in the second half to go back up 17 is a little bit easier than yes. this highly pressurized kick right here that we're asking him to uh, complete. So short answer, no. I don't think they do because, remember, they started the year with Riley Patterson. Then they went to Badgley. Now, Badgley, for his career, do what you want with this between 40 and 49 yards is a 77% hit rate. Now, I know, on the road, NFC title game, you probably throw the percentages out the window. But no, I don't think they do. But Boomer, look, he damn near went for it end of the first half. You saw him right next to the line, Judge. Oh, yeah. How far away. Right. Look, there are people here in Detroit disappointed. He settled for the three there, and the thought process is, hey, he settled there, and he wasn't going to settle again. I don't I don't like it when coaches do that stuff. Every decision has to be its own set of circumstance. But yeah, no, it it's it's been a hot topic. You know, so, the one thing I, the one thing I, I do want to bring you back to, however, is the yeah. week before when they were playing the Bucks and we were talking about how the game was ending and how Todd Bowles kind of gave up and Dan Campbell said, you know, we didn't take care of the ball right. We should have run out the clock at the end of the game. You remember that discussion? 
Yes, and he was terrible late in this one. Right, so I was saying to you after that show that we did last week that somewhere along the line, Dan Campbell's got to figure these decisions out, and they got to be yeah. a lot cleaner and a lot more sound as, as opposed to being reckless. So I yeah. love aggressive. I don't like reckless. And especially when you get this late into the season and this deep into the playoffs, the guy standing on the other side is no joke. That's a coach that knows what the hell he's doing. So you got Kyle Shanahan over there. This week, you know, it's Andy Reid and it's Kyle Shanahan. It was John Harbaugh last week that made some decisions that were a little bit questionable. But this is where the coach really does have a profound impact on the game and his decision-making. All right. It's it's a great segue. The only thing I was going to say about Campbell, too, is running the football, using a timeout you can't use, and now if I don't get the onside kick, the game is over. That was actual malpractice. Yes. I think you can debate the field goals and, and, and the accelerator. You can't debate what went down at the end of that game. That's that right. But, but who is that? Right, so the decision to run the ball is basically Ben, you know, the Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator. Sure. Um, uh, but the decision not to kick a field goal is goes back to, you know, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. I mean, like, you got to exactly. throw the ball, in, and it's got to be in the end zone, and it's got to be incomplete to stop the clock, or it's got to be a touchdown. Or if you run it, you got to have fire drill, field goal on the field, because I have to preserve those timeouts at all exactly. costs. Exactly. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that went wrong here on the Detroit Lions Big side time. of things, and they helped the comeback by some of the decisions they made and some of the plays that they did make. And remember, Reynolds also drops a pass over the middle that hits him in the chest. I think that was was on third down. And that's the problem. The calls were good, Boomer. Yes. It's just the result wasn't, and that's where you end up where you're like, look, you don't get to cry when it doesn't work. You can say, well, I didn't like what they did. The problem is no one could critique what they did. The players are open. You know, the interesting, you know, delivered. the interesting thing, I told you about the spike game that I played in. That's what they nicknamed it here. The Dolphins come all the way back. And to stem the tide of um, to stem the tide of momentum that the Dolphins had in that game, I remember a decision that I made that I was going to try to force the ball down the field and try to get a big play to get the momentum back on our side. And the ball tipped off my receiver's hands. I, I, I overthrew him. It was a bad throw on my part. And it got picked off, I think, by A.J. Brown, I think it was. And I remember walking to the sideline and Pete Carroll looking at me saying, I think you were overly aggressive there. And I said, you know, Coach, I I understand. I was just trying to stem the tide of momentum. And, you know, so I understand what the the Detroit Lions coaches and players were trying to do. But sometimes you try to do too much and it ends up coming back back to bite you in the ass, which – Happened to us that fateful day against Miami, and it happened to Detroit in this game against the 49ers. All right, let's go to the Ravens and Chiefs, and I'll just – look, I, I, I stand by it. I understand some people view me that I'm anti-Lamar. Well, here we are again. I, I don't know what the Ravens were doing. Comprehensively, I didn't understand the game plan on either side of the ball. Now, I get it. You can't go crazy blitzing Mahomes. There's no one in history better against it. But the Ravens' defense early was so passive – and then offensively, wow, we're just going to drop back and uh, Lamar's going to what, process, go through progressions? Oh, you mean things he's never really done? I, Boomer, I have no understanding of the Ravens' performance top down. None. Well, I think early on they wanted to get Lamar into the game throwing the ball. Uh, I will say that in this, in this particular game, there was one play that did basically stem the tide of the whole game. Now, I know Lamar sacked and fumbled, not that one, not the final interception. It was the Zay Flowers fumble. 
because if Zay Flowers scores right there, and believe me, I'm in the building, I can feel it, that momentum shift is going to be monumental. And I think if, if Zay Flowers scores there, Baltimore has a really good chance to win this game. But with that fumble and that great play by uh, Legereus Need to pop it out right before the goal line, that to me was the play of the game that saved the game for the Chiefs. Yes, but okay, fair. But here's the problem. If you take the totality of an entire game, boomer, the Ravens' offense was completely owned by Spags. Spagnolo had a master class here. He was going to make Lamar hold the football. You're going to beat me with your arm. And again, every playoff loss, I, I really nerded out on this, and shame on me, Boomer. You can judge me. But every playoff loss coincides with Lamar's and the Ravens' offense worst performance of the year. You know, it happens once, it happens, right? Twice, all right, maybe. Boomer, at a certain point, this is who you are now. Now, I get it. The Zay play, momentum, they're men, not machines. But, Boomer, you, you watched the same game I did. You, you were just wearing a more stylish jacket. <laughs> the, the, this guy in another big spot cannot drop back and beat people. That's right. Can't do and, it. And that's exactly what Spagnuolo did. So he either rushed five or six. The lane integrity on the rushes was really up, uh, to try to get Lamar to go outside as opposed to up the middle and take off that way. The other thing, too, I went back and I watched the, the, uh, the tape. And I counted at least 17 of the 37 dropbacks where he either just ran around, got yep. sacked, uh, avoided a sack and took off and played, you know, like what we like to call schoolyard ball. Just drop back and let's see if we can be the best athlete we can be on the field and beat them that way. And, you know, the athletes in today's game are just too fast, too big and too smart. And I think. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo did a masterful job, but again, it is it comes back to Lamar processing and making the decisions and getting the ball out of his hands. You know, a couple times, you know, where he did get the ball out of his hands and he was throwing the ball down the field, he was throwing it out of bounds. Yep. <laughs> so, I, then, but it's, it, this is, but Boomer, this is this is just where I get tired. Again, this is not a, a me and you thing. It's 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 a media at large thing, and it's okay. You're out of excuses. Oh, we're going to bring in Todd Monken. We're going to tailor an offense around you. You demand we sign OBJ. Done. We're going to use a first-round pick. We're going to hit a home run for you. Zay Flowers is a stud. Done. You don't have just one great tight end. You got two. You got the running game. You got the offensive line. We're done here now. Like, at a certain point, you got to own this. You can win all the MVPs you want with these October matinee performances, but you will never be... With the upper echelon of quarterbacks, not, eh, who cares what I think? I'm just saying, for people like me, this is why I don't put you with Mahomes. This is why you're not Aaron Rodgers. This is why you're a cut below. Because this is how it always ends. It's death, taxes, and Lamar showing his ass in the playoffs. Now, I will I'm, say. I'm tired I, of it. Right, I, I, and I understand that, and it is frustrating. And, and believe you me, when, when you're there and you see it in person, he's busting his ass. He's trying to win. There's some things that he's he is incapable of. And one of the things that really bothered me about the last interception was like the lack of situational awareness. Awareness. Yep. So and the awareness is is they have to score twice and they are in field goal range. Now the interception happened on second down, and it was basically the coverage was cover two, man underneath. And if you're if you're gonna throw it to the guy that he threw it to, you have to throw it to him much quicker because you can't allow the safeties to drop into the middle to make it look like you're throwing it into triple coverage. 
So because he threw it late and because he basically uh, was was looking at his intended receiver the whole time, those safeties didn't have to worry about the ball coming down the sideline. Do you remember when they played the Miami Dolphins earlier in the year? He backed up left-handed, even though he's right-handed, and then threw back against cover two to one of the wideouts. And I think the safety, I forget who it was, the safety for the Dolphins said, man, I've never seen a play like that. I, didn't, I can't imagine that somebody could ever do that. And they never tried that against the Kansas City Chiefs. And throwing that ball late down the middle like where he did tells me that he lost the awareness of where he was in the game. All right, a lot more to cover. We'll get to all of it next. Kickoff, Boomer and Valeni, Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequila, the Reposado, Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. Casamigos tequila reminds you to please celebrate responsibly. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, so we're going to do this a couple different ways. Want to go around the league, a lot of hirings, a lot of staffing news. We'll get to some off-season stuff in the third segment and then a light, a little hors d'oeuvre Super Bowl preview. But right now, Boomer, I just want to headline it. Level of surprise that not just one, but both Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel got shut out of the coaching carousel. A little bit more Mike Vrabel for me because I think he would have been accepted in more buildings. In other words, he wouldn't have gone in there and said, we got to do it this way, we got to do it that way. So I'm a little surprised that he didn't get a a job this cycle. But as far as Bill Belichick is concerned, they had the great meeting with Arthur Blank, and then he went back in there. And I think Arthur, you know, was very loyal to some of the people in that building. And I told you this was not going to be an easy hire for anybody. 
And I think Arthur went back to go get Raheem Morris. But if you notice in something that really hasn't been reported on or talked about much, Rich McKay's role in the in the building has been changed significantly away from the football side of things, which is probably what Bill Belichick told Arthur Blank he would have had needed if you wanted me to come down here and coach. Now, do you believe one, both, or neither are coaching next year? I think uh, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of guys looking over their shoulders, and they better yeah. get off the good starts, and they better have good seasons, especially a team here in New York that wears blue. Uh, in, in the case of Bill uh. Belichick, I think that Mike Vrabel will definitely get a job next year. I think he'll be very sought after, much like Doug Peterson was after he sat out a year. I'm not going to take the bait. We're not going to make. I'm not going to make mention of the Giants. I'm. I'm just going to stay away from it. It's personal development in 2024. Let's go to Mike McDonald of Seattle. We knew a defensive coach was going there. I know. I thought it was going to be Dan Quinn. Um, the familiarity of it all. What did you make of Mike McDonald, Ravens defensive coordinator, getting the nod? So when these teams that had not hired coaches and these other teams were still playing in the league, you knew that the coordinators were the guys that were going to be the most sought after. And I'm not surprised by McDonald. I I think he's been a rising star over the last couple of years. I think his defense showed that they can play at a very, very high level, shutting out the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half of that AFC championship game. Uh, he's got a great look to him. He's one of these young coaches in the league. I think it's a great hire. Actually, I give it an A+, and I think it's right up the Seattle Seahawks kind of way of doing things. They just got rid of a, a coach that was there for 14 years that was a defensive head coach but had a really good personality. And I love the fact that Mike McDonald has already said, look, you hired me, I'm calling the defenses, and I'm going to take that responsibility on, and I think that's exactly what the Seahawks and John Schneider wanted to hear. And I'm going to tell you, look, as we sit here taping this show, this hasn't happened yet. And I don't know if it will happen. I'm just telling you, when with some of the things you're hearing, reading, if they land, was Washington O.C., uh, then he was following Kalen DeBoer to Alabama. If they hire Ryan Grubb to be the O.C. up in Seattle, that isn't just a good hire, it's a great hire. That is a home run, and I'll tell you why. A, what you just said, Boomer, McDonald's not going to touch that offense. He's going to run that defense. They're going to play hyper-aggressive. He's awesome. Grubb, if you remember what he did at UW, and I know Boomer does because he's been a Michael yep. Penix guy for two years, three elite receivers, quarterback that can grip it and rip it. Ryan Grubb's passing conf- – his concepts, all NFL. What do they have up there? DK Metcalf, got to keep him happy. JSN, high draft capital. Uh, Lockett. I'm telling you, Ryan Grubb up there would be unbelievable. And I don't know if by the time you hear this, it's happened. I wanted your thought on that, though. That's not just a college OC. Ryan Grubb's the real deal. Right, and Seattle also has the 16th overall pick. Could you see them taking Michael Penix if Michael Penix happens to still be there? I don't know if he will be. He seems That's to be made a, for TV. Right, he seems, to, he seems to be a um, – Lighting it up at the Senior Bowl. Everybody seems to like the young man. Uh, They're all impressed with his accuracy and his quickness. So all things are trending upward for Michael Penix as we speak today. If they do that And people don't like thinking about it. I know they don't. But, Boomer, you will agree with me. Owners do think business sometimes. Hey, Pacific Northwest, let's link up the UW legend with his OC and let's let's score some points. I mean, it wouldn't be great for Geno Smith, but it would be great to start that way. With a new yeah. coach, uh, maybe Geno stays there and mentors this young man, and maybe he's not ready right out of the gate and gives him a couple weeks uh, to get his feet wet before he gets his feet wet. 
I think that sounds great. And I love the way that you put it between the two young coordinators, the success that they've had. And, boy, I'll tell you what, there'll be a lot of energy coming out of Seattle yes. going into the 24 season. All right, I know you and I are both super surprised by it. I, I, I'm leaning on you to tell me what the hell happened here. I thought Ben Johnson was all Washington commanders. They end up going with Dan Quinn. Ben Johnson says no. Let's start with the Ben Johnson part and then what we make of Dan Quinn as the hire. The one thing that I can't predict is what is in a man's heart and you know what his agent is asking for. So I think Ben Johnson is really tied to Jared Goff, uh, Dan Campbell, and he probably told his agent, I don't want to leave and I don't want to go anywhere because I'm enjoying my success. I'm enjoying being on a winning team and on a team that really has a chance next year. Um, and my wife and I both love it here in Detroit. In order for me to leave, it's got to be an offer that I can't refuse. And an offer yeah. of, I don't know, seven or eight years at $15 million a year is not usually an offer that a coordinator is not going to – they're just not going to get it unless his name is Matt Rule. <laughs> and he's going to, and he's going to, to, to the Carolina Panthers. So I, I think that maybe the ask was a little bit much only because that's what it would have taken for him to leave Detroit and feel comfortable – about leaving Detroit. And by the way, this doesn't hurt him next year, Mike, at no, all. No, 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 no. And I told you last Well, the other thing I think I the told other you thing last he week, has said, yeah. I'm sorry, Boomer, apologies. It's just, you know, Dan, Dan Campbell had said it, like not all guys want to wear the crown. Not everybody wants all the responsibilities of being a head coach that sometimes it's a guy like Ben Johnson. He's having a great time and he's having great success being an OC. I'm, I'm making money. We're winning games. We have a shot to go to a Super Bowl, and I'll give it a spin again next year. There might have been an element, too. I'm just not ready to be the guy. I will say this. The reason that I believe the Washington you know, hierarchy was flying to Detroit, yeah, okay, they were going to interview maybe uh, Aaron, Glenn Aaron Glenn as well, yeah. but I think that they wanted to bring Ben Carson, uh, uh, Ben Johnson back on the plane to Washington after getting his uh, signature on a contract. That's, yes. that's what I believe, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm not surprised that Ben Johnson said, hey, I want to stay. That's that's a pretty cool thing because most most guys never stay. They go immediately, and maybe he no. realizes he's not ready. So, Dan Quinn, what do you make of it? I mean, obviously, he wasn't their first choice. Quality coach gets another run as a head coach. What do you make of that? Well, I, I would give it a, a B hiring because it wasn't somebody that we all thought was on the radar of Josh Harris and the Washington Commanders, but here's why it may work. You know, everything that I've heard and seen from Dan Quinn since he was fired in Atlanta was all about making him a better head coach. Where did he fail? How could he improve? And he's worked on every aspect of that according to everybody that I know in the NFL. And that's why everybody had him as one of the you know top candidates coming out of the 23 season. Um, I think it's interesting that they have the second overall pick, which is going to be a quarterback. And yeah. number two, they have $70 million in cap space, and they have five picks in the top 100. This team is not that far away from competing. And maybe it's just a good thing that they have a coach that was a previous head coach, so he has experience, which would be, I think, helpful for everybody in the building. Um, Packers made a really interesting hire, and I know we're not a college football show, so I'll stay away from a lot of that because it just shows you the game is broken. But Packers replaced Joe Barry. It's a national holiday. Um, hiring Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley. That's the first time you've ever seen a Power 5 coach leave to be a coordinator in the league. But I think it's a fascinating hire. 
Halfley, if you're not familiar with what he does, guys, a lot of single high safety, um, ultra-aggressive, playmakers in the front seven is his big thing. I think this is a really good hire for the pack, uh, especially with the personnel they have. I wanted to know, did, did you raise an eyebrow when you saw it at all? And and do you like the hire? I do like the hire. Packer fans are going to love this guy. You know, I know him from Boston College. My kids went there, so I watch a lot of Boston College games. You know, and they, look, these head coaches in college have had enough. They've had enough it's of the, uh, the, the NIL, uh, you know, the transfer portal, the families, the expectations, you know, developing a younger player, then all of a sudden that player going into the portal and then Ohio State or Alabama buying them. So yeah. I think this is going to be a trend. And by the way, Chip Kelly's been trying to get back in the NFL, too, and he's the head coach at UCLA, and they're going into the Big Ten. So is there a school that has more, um, I guess, resources than UCLA? I mean, so that tells you all you need to know where the college football game is going and why Congress has got to get involved in the federal level and somehow organize something that can control what's going on right now because it is a complete and utter mess. Yeah, and Halfley, it's it's Packer fans. You're gonna like him. He's he's a he's a football guy. Aggression. I think it's gonna work well. Uh, this is another hire I like. Look, the the Raiders did two things. One of them I understood. The other one I thought I was reading the Onion. So Cliff Kingsbury is your new offensive coordinator with the Las Vegas Raiders. Perfect. Why? Some guys are meant to be coordinators and not head coaches. Cliff Kingsbury's one of them. That is not a guy that's going to command a locker room, but he's an offensive genius. I like that. What I didn't understand, and I had to check the guy was still alive, <laughs> Marvin Lewis joins the Raiders as associate head coach. <laughs> was Jessica Tandy not available? No. I, I Listen, I'm friends with Marvin, and Marvin's exactly the guy that Antonio Pierce needs. He either needs him or Tom Coughlin. Because Antonio, so he's like a conciliary, if you will. Yes, and I think he's going to be there to help him with scheduling, communication, the game itself. Uh, Marvin's a very smart football man. You know, he was at Arizona State with uh, Herm Edwards for a couple of years as a some sort of advisor, and I think GM. that's exactly what he's going to be doing uh, for Antonio Pierce. Just help him grow into being the head coach that we we hope that he's going to be. You like Kingsbury as the hire at OC? Yeah, I do. I mean, look, tour? I mean, I do. Uh, the question is, who is their quarterback going to be? Is it going to be Aiden O'Connell, or are they going to be going for a quarterback here in the draft, or are they going to be trying to sign another free agent? Because I'm assuming that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the street. You you don't you don't think for a second that that's a Russell Wilson spot, do you? Ugh, no, no, I don't. But I will say, you know, the interesting thing, and I, I don't know if we'll, we'll get to it a little bit somewhere along the line, but Jim Harbaugh now in the AFC West, that's a pretty interesting coaching with uh, with Peyton, with Andy Reid, Antonio Pierce, and now Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, did you catch, his, catch his press conference? Yes, I did. Yes. Okay. Look, <laughs> He's man. a little off. We know that. A little? A little. Okay. He's flighty, uh, but you want to know something? He's a hell of a football coach, and you know it. Uh, yes. I just don't know if 10 years later the league's changed a lot in a decade. We'll Hey, he's got the quarterback. Yes, he does. That's the biggest reason I can believe in it. But, man, I'm telling you, I still never understand how that guy resonates with grown-ass men.
like with dudes making a ton of money, and this guy walks in talking about how chickens are nervous birds, and I live in an RV, <laughs> and I keep my toothbrush in my pocket. I, I, that, I'm sorry, man. I, this is, That's I'm, tough for me. I'm sorry. It's great for the NFL. It's great for Justin Herbert. And like I said, don't be fooled by the exterior. The interior is completely different. When he gets in front of that team, they'll go through a wall for him. Everywhere he has been, they have won, and you can't take that away from him. 60 seconds or less, anything on this Robert Sala paranoia report about taking coaches' cell phones to see who leaked the Zach Wilson stuff? What is going on with your former franchise? Yeah, I don't know, man. And uh, by the way, you know, this is uh, goes back to Aaron Rodgers going on McAfee saying we have to plug the leaks. And I think this is what they were talking about. And also there was a fracture in the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson somewhere along the line. I mean – for uh, a, a franchise that was relatively quiet the last three weeks, all hell is now broken loose. And we have two dysfunctional franchises here in New York at the moment. And yeah. you had internal fighting going on. And this thing with Robert Sala is just, it's its amazing to me. And it's unfortunate. But I'll tell you one thing. This is one of the teams that you better they better get off to a good start next year. We'll save some of the conversation. I do on our Super Bowl show, obviously. Super Bowl's the primary, but in, in, in a little bit of the time, we, we got to hit New York football before we break for the offseason. It um, it's a clown car, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of both. Both franchises are a total embarrassment, but we'll save it for later. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't you tell the people about Casamigos? You know, the good news is that you don't have to speak about it every day like I do in New York. <laughs> All right. Oh, man, my heart bleeds for you. So what goes great with football? Casamigos tequila does. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink and make sure you have plenty on hand for Super Bowl week, whether it be Añejo, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila and reminds our friends to celebrate responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, third segment. And we're going to do this a little different. We're going to give you, we're going to give you a little sip from the water fountain. 
later on with the Super Bowl. You know we got to save the meat on the bone for next week. But I want to do a little playoff redux. Now that all the teams have played and only two are left standing, let's just turn our eye towards the offseason. So what I'm going to ask you, Boomer, we're going to run down the list. It's a priority list. I need you to tell me from a player personnel point of view. Oh, wow. The number one priority. <laughs> okay. For each of these teams. All right. To ensure they get back here next year. So let's just get it out of the way. And they're in no particular order. You know the order? As I remembered who was in the playoffs. All right. And in me typing. Start with the Lions. Number one priority for the offseason. I want another pass rusher. I want another defensive back. And I want a new contract for Jared Goff. Yeah, agree. And I'll, I'll tell you the pass rusher thing. Yes. Names always pop up. I wouldn't care if it's an interior disruptor to put next to Aleem McNeil mm-hmm. or an exterior guy. A name people should keep an eye on. Brad Holmes is always aggressive. Jared Verse, edge rusher, Florida State. Okay. That's just a that's just a dream of mine. <laughs> uh, what about the Rams? Uh, I would like to see the Rams uh, really work on defense. Um, I think their defensive line is going to have to come to grips with Aaron Donald not being Aaron Donald. Maybe Aaron Donald's not even there. I mean, that's that's got to be the first question that is asked and answered. Is Aaron Donald coming back? And once that question is answered, then you can determine defensive line, secondary linebacker. That's what I'm thinking. The offense, uh, they can add some offensive linemen to this, but this offense is still going to be one of the top offenses in the league. Let's go to the Bucks. Well, they got to figure out what they're doing with their offensive coordinator situation. They also have to figure out whether or not Baker Mayfield is the answer for the immediate future. I think for a three-year deal, I think that's that's safe and sound, and I think that's the biggest question that they have right now. Yeah, and I think the offensive line. Invest in it. You know, I understand they handed Rashad White the ball 300 times. It wasn't pretty. Get an offensive line there. Let your quarterback turn around and hand it off. You know, it, it, it's – it's not hard to see that team get a lot better quick. I think the other thing, I think Devin White's gone. Agree? Yes, I do. Okay. Eagles. Okay, so new defense coordinator Vic Fangio will fix a lot of the problems that they had just with his scheme and his system, and he'll also be uh, a hell of a lot more demanding. Did you see why he wanted to leave Miami? Well, the report was he just wanted to be – closer to family but then it came out the players hated his guts well because he was trying to get the players to stay out of south beach and that is a huge problem down there in miami always has been always will be and depending on how the head coach handles that kind of stuff away from the field uh that's that's a whole miami issue but i think fangio coming to rescue the eagles is a very smart move by nick sirianni and uh, of course howie roseman i i will say this and i know it sounds crazy They've got to retool the offensive line. You know, Lane Johnson's always hurt. Kelsey, that retirement status. That that O-line was not nearly as good as their reputation this year. Uh, Cowboys. It's, this is an interesting one. They are they're a really <laughs> good team. They have a very good roster. Um, and they're going to be good again next year. And they'll put up big numbers again next year. I, I think um, the biggest question for me is who's going to be their defensive coordinator and can they add more defense uh, to a team that was exposed by Green Bay? And of course, here's a here's a fun one too. Ready? Yep. Tony Pollard, I'm not paying him. Bye. Yeah, I have one pay rule. Him, yeah. 
we do not pay running backs. I think the Cowboys need to get in that draft in the second, third round and draft their next guy. I would not pay Pollard. Niners. Well, they're here now, so let's see right, how it goes course. in the Super Bowl. But uh, to me, I think Chase Young has been a disaster. It hasn't turned out as good as we all thought it was going to be. We just we saw the name on the back of the jersey. We see the flowing hair, and we see this tremendous athlete that's not playing with any passion. So, Did you see his effort or lack thereof on the Jameer Gibbs touchdown run? Yeah, we all have. We all see that. What was that? And by the way, there's a bunch of guys that were loafing on that play if you look at it. So I, that takes me back to – Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, I know he challenged them at halftime against the Lions that were going to have to play more man coverage, and they did that, and they played well in the second half. But, you know, Steve Wilkes uh, needs to be more like Steve Spagnolo. You know, you got to get after your guys. you got to hold them accountable, and you got to give them more opportunities to blitz and take some of that pressure off of that defensive line, which has not played well in the last three to four games. Packers. Boy, I love this team. This team has got a great young uh, roster is the youngest roster in the NFL. Uh, Jordan Love's got to get a new contract. That's priority yep. number one. Uh, I would think after that, you got to add to the offensive line, and I think you still have to add to the secondary. Remember, they traded Rasul Douglas in the middle of the season to the Buffalo Bills, and you know they have some issues with, in their secondary and their personalities, Jair Alexander being one of them. So I would think that they are going to work heavily on their secondary. Texans. Texans, defense, defense, defense. Offense is fine. Their wide receivers are fine. They're going to add a couple, I'm sure, linemen in this draft, uh, maybe a running back in this draft. Uh, But I think that they want to now build up this defense for D'Amico Ryans. Take some of the pressure off of C.J. Stroud. But this is one of this up-and-coming franchises, much like the Lions, much like the Packers. uh, The future is very bright for them. Yeah, and they've already got a couple nice building blocks on defense, too. I mean, Christian Harris, Will Anderson – Stingley, if he can stay healthy. But, yeah, the pieces are there. They could be a real problem next year. Ravens. I think that they, first of all, they got to figure out their new defense coordinator. Then they're going to have to get a couple guys on defense, I think, on the second level at the linebacker. Uh, Roquan Smith is there. He's the leader. I think Patrick Queen is a little bit overrated. Uh, Talks a lot on the field. Um, They may move on from him. Uh, I also think that they probably need to add an offensive lineman or two. Uh, their offense is not going to change. They, they, Lamar's there. He's going to be there for the next four to five years, and we're going to see the same thing out of that offense that we saw this year. Yeah. I, it's funny in my notes it had quarterback who can actually play quarterback. Process. Oh, well, you paid him. You're stuck with him. Chiefs. Well, they tried to fix their offensive line last year, and, and oddly enough, their offensive line has played really, really well here in the playoffs. I mean, they've done mm-hmm. a pretty good job protecting Patrick Mahomes, so – uh, I think they probably would like to add another young tackle. I think they would also like to add a couple young wide receivers, much like Rasheed Rice. And don't be surprised, you know, Isaiah Pacheco has taken such a beating. And we all know that you have to have multiple running backs, so I would think multiple running backs and a wide receiver are in the offing here for the Chiefs in the draft. Any interest is a landing spot for Mike Evans? Maybe too much money. Okay. You know, it's I, well, all about I, I, money. And I've always viewed it, the salary cap is fake. They just print money. I mean, some of these teams, like, the, how are the Saints allowed to play football? They're yeah. $1 billion <laughs> over the salary cap. That's a very um, good point. I will say, though, Rasheed Rice has turned out to be their speed guy now. So yes. they have their speed guy, but I think Andy is going to want to add even more speed. And don't be surprised if they take a mid-level tight end. This, this tight end's coming out in this draft. Uh, that would be great to have behind Travis Kelsey, assuming, assuming that he doesn't retire. Uh, Browns. 
figure out what to do with Deshaun Watson and how to play him. Um, their defense was the best defense in football. Miles Garrett, one of the better players in football. Their defense is fine. Uh, I still think you need to add offensive linemen. They had a couple guys get hurt significantly this year, but really it comes all back to Deshaun Watson and what kind of player can he be this year. Yeah, what can you unlock? I mean, it's not a good sign when Joe Flacco shows up, and I know he threw a zillion picks. Guy was throwing for 350 a week. Um, Bills. Bills need wide receivers. I, I, I just don't see Steph Diggs being there. I know that they're saying that he's still important to them. Uh, they also mm-hmm. have to add linebackers. Matt Milano should come back, but they need younger linebackers, faster linebackers. Um, I think the team is still going to be very competitive. Uh, the quarterback's great. He's going to be great for the next four to five years. But I think it's it's just going to have to be wide receiver, and I would also say linebacker. All right, Dolphins, stay out of South Beach, and yes, you get a get a new defensive coordinator that is an attacking style defensive coordinator, somebody that can relate better to the players. Obviously, um, offense is is fine. They they are loaded on offense. I don't see any reason to change anything there. Maybe add an offensive lineman or two for depth. But uh, they still will be very good next year because they have the roster to be so. Finally, the Steelers. Man, a quarterback, offensive coordinator. Uh, it's just. Hmm. It's just. And they, then your owner comes out saying, I'm tired of this. Uh oh. They're, they're kind of stuck. They're stuck because they're, they don't know what quarterback is the guy. Is it going to be Kenny Pickett? It's certainly not Mason Rudolph. I mean, no, I think he's a, a nice like backup. Giants. He's a nice backup, but he's not your starter. And look at the division that you're in. Brutal. So you got you got to find out whether or not the guy that you have on your roster it can go toe to toe with Lamar and Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson. Because right now it doesn't look like they have that guy. All right, let's hit the final word. Talk a little Super Bowl. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. So, Boomer, I wanted to keep it simple. Just a couple of minutes on it. We got about three minutes. It was very easy. The minute the matchup came out, you go, okay, it's Niners, it's Chiefs. What was your initial feeling on the game? My initial feeling was that Patrick Mahomes is playing great, and uh, he's been unflappable, even though they didn't score in the second half of Baltimore. No turnovers. I think he was sacked once or twice, maybe. Uh, He is healthy, and he's playing great football, even though the numbers aren't staggering. You know, he's not throwing for 350 yards and five touchdowns. All he's doing is basically leading his team to victory. Dare I say, managing the game. Uh, but he's more so much more than that to that team, and, and he brings so much confidence. So I was a little bit shocked that they were underdogs when I saw the first number come out, and I'm saying, my God, now they can continue to play into this nobody respects us kind mm-hmm. of BS when we all respect them. But I do – I kind of feel I'm leaning towards the Chiefs uh, at the moment, but they do have some injuries that they're going to have to deal with, and I want to see what they look like come the end of the week. Yeah, I think it's – Boomer, it's really roster versus quarterback. It's a testament to Mahomes. I mean, I, you know, I, I hate doing the whole goat argument and all that. And if you juxtapose Brady's first, you know, seven years and Mahomes, I mean, the guy's damn near got ten thousand more yards than Brady. Fine, it's a different era of football. They're different quarterbacks. He's a he's he's been to an extra Super Bowl. 
He's, he could match him in Super Bowls. Uh, Mahomes, to me, is just dollar for dollar, play to play. Best quarterback I've ever seen. I know that's sacrilege. I'm not trying to be insulting. Brady's phenomenal. But what Mahomes is doing is just you got to remember, he's still a young man, and he's put up, he's put up a career that 10 quarterbacks don't put up. It's, it's really the greatness of him versus the greatness of a roster. Like that's, I think that's why the line is mm. what it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that matchup. I also like the dichotomy of the fifty million dollar quarterback versus the eight hundred seventy five thousand dollar quarterback. Exactly, uh, Mister Irrelevant. You know, with the first versus the first round pick, I was the other quarterback in Super Bowl twenty three going against Joe Montana. And for me, I'm going to get to in- interview uh, Brock Purdy for Super Bowl today. So I can't wait to sit down with him and meet him face to face and see what he's all about. I, I got to tell you, he's been unflappable these last two games. His second half against Detroit was the best football he's played since he's taken over. And that's saying a lot because he's had a lot of great games. But that second half, when he took off and he ran with that football, I was like, I didn't realize he was that fast because he doesn't run a lot. Yeah. Now, look, it's it's going to be a ton of fun. We'll break it all down. We'll have every angle covered. Uh, Boomer's going to be wearing his outfit from the commercial. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> Super Bowl edition of the show next week. Stay locked in. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valencia. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.